You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Well, you know, Alan, now what do you do, Alan? That's an excellent question. Well, I do a lot of these rooms that you just mentioned um, that are just these workout rooms. But I have, I have had shots in the belly room. Nice. The ice house. Um, and I have done shows there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm still swimming around, you know. But uh-huh. I have shows. And, and uh, Keith has helped me out a lot. Oh, that's nice. Put me up. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I substitute teaching today. Okay. And uh, so that's what feeds me. But uh, I'm having a great time. And I am a SAG actor. Good for and you, brother. I was going to ask. He had to bring. The, he had to brag about that because I'm not. Sag. I, I feel, I'm in the club too. <laughs> yes, yes. The very overpriced video club that we all belong to. Oh. That once a year we get all the. If we pay on time, we get all those awesome screeners that now yes, are on Netflix right. for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny when with the shows you, the movies you've done, uh, they uh, uh, harken to a nostalgic television period. You know, you've got the. Uh, Belko, uh, Beverly Hillbillies, uh, Little Rascals. Yeah. And I found it interesting to ask you, uh, since you know the shows, you yeah. know, when, you're, when, you, when they're doing the remake and you're in it, it's interesting to me how you would process that. I mean, you go on, you do perform. It's not like, oh my God, uh, I'm, 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 I'm doing the old, I didn't mean it that way. I'm just saying it's, it's funny that, you, you know, to do nostalgia is, is a tough thing, in my opinion. Uh, when, which, when you bring yourself to that, and then you know, the, and you don't know, they write, rewrite it. Anyway, this is a weird, weird question. You, you can just say, "What the fuck are you talking?" No, about? no, no. I think I, I <laughs> and I, I wish, like, well, here's the, here's the, here's like the truth of it. Like, uh, Little Rascals, I played Spanky's dad, which never existed in the actual show. I don't think. Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. So there was, there was no uh, mantle to right, hold up. Uh, but this is an interesting story. Uh, I had done the Beverly Hillbillies. And Fat uh, Fat Elmer was actually originally played by Roy Clark. Whoa! Oh. And I was I was informed of that by Harris Pete. I don't know if you know who Harris Pete was, but he is a very funny, phenomenal stand-up comic. Uh, also, was like the practice goalie for the Kings. Oh! Wow. And uh, also, he was he would he would work the he would work the the the, the door at the comedy store. Okay. But he, like he's a phenomenal stand-up comic. And, you know, I, I told him, hey, I just booked Beverly Hillbillies. He goes, what part found Elmer? And then that day, Mike Binder happened. And he's real close to Mike Binder. So oh, I love Mike he, Binder. He, oh, amazing. He introduced me to Mike. It was very, very cool. So luckily, I didn't – what had written – I was – like, Roy Clark was such a recurring – he was, like, such an ancillary character. It was, like, a big thing. Now, when I – you know, after the Beverly Hillbillies, when I was doing ADR on it um, – post-production sound uh for those out there uh you know the director was awesome penelope and she goes hey i'm i heard i had heard rumors she was doing a a little rascals movie at that point i didn't know it was like going to be like kind of what they did with the beverly hillbillies or was it gonna be like a biopic right about the little rascals interesting so the little rascals was actually a very funny movie and i don't think a lot of people got that it was a great kids movie like here's the thing is that I was in a lot of like there's kids that there's people your age that like the movies I did because that's right when everyone had a VCR and a DVD player. Yeah. So they watched those things over and over again. Mm-hmm. And and this is well, this is the story with the little rascals. When I was doing post on Beverly Hillbillies, she goes, How old are you? Because you know I'm doing this movie called The Little Rascals. And I was like, okay. Must be a and I was like, I'm 21. Uh, I think you might be too young to play uh Spanky's dad. I go, I'm, I'm 27. <laughs> no, I'm no 30. I might have been 30 at the time. I'm 30. She goes, Well, you still look young. So then cut to when they're making the movie, Whoopi Goldberg is now on, you know, Whoopi Goldberg's attached, Donald fucking Trump is, you know, all these people are on it. So John Candy was supposed to play Spanky's dad, and then he but passed he away. So yeah. I got the phone call. Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? So <laughs> we got some good news. John Candy just died. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. And then Farley. Um, no. Uh, so 
the, you're the, next, Derek. The, oh, they, I know it. Well, oh, I, not I like that. But like you're I on killed the my career by losing the weight. Dad. <laughs> so, uh, God bless you, uh, Patton Oswalt. Um, so uh, when I got Bilko was the only role that I had a. There was a mantle. Bilko, that's 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 a classic. That yeah. was yes. And well, here's I remember the fair, the table read. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, there are people who don't even know who Bilko is. Oh, the Phil Silver show. He was one that, matter of fact, I remember when we were that's watching. What I meant. It, that's historical. Andy, go on, go on. I just. Well, uh, here's what's insane. That's that sitcom impacted everything that followed it. Like yeah, when you watch, yeah. you go, oh, this is this is kind of hack. Oh, no, it's not hack because they were the first one to do that joke. That's yeah. Right. You know, so I played a, a character called Private Dobering, which was a legendary character. Mm-hmm. And I remember right before the table read, I'm. I'm uh I'm hanging out with uh, Max Casella and Pam Pamela Siegel Adelar and John Ortiz. Let me pick those names up. We're all sitting around shooting the fat. And uh, Phil Silver's daughter's actually cast. She oh she played God. Jenny Piccolo in yeah. uh in uh, Happy Days. Wow. Gen- she was the Jenny Piccolo character. So she's there, and she looks at me and she goes, "You know you're playing a legend, right?" Bullshit. Oh. And all I could think of process was. She probably sat on this guy's lap, you know, like she, yeah, you know, there's like, you know, and also there's got to be a lot of feelings with her because her dad was a legend, you know, a lot of, you know, one of the greats. And then uh, we do the table read. There's Steve fucking Martin, Dan Aykroyd all there. And, you know, when they're going around the room introducing and I go, Eric Edwards, uh, Doberman, Steve looks, you know, peeks up and looks. And then I crush the table read. Yeah. Steve Martin comes right up after we're done, walks up. Hi, Steve. Nice to meet you. I'm like, <laughs> you know, and here's my card. Yes, here's here's my card. You've officially <laughs> met me. Um, but of course, at the table read, uh, Phil's daughter said I was good. So I was like, yeah. nice. Yes, but it was. I didn't. I mean, I didn't. You know, he was really um, the guy that played the original Doberman was really he was that guy like he was this weird guy so i did something kind of my own kind of thing yeah. and uh um yeah it was cool i mean like it was it, i was the guy it was very funny because i stole a lot of scenes in that movie and i remember during one of the rehearsals you the know, push-up we scenes was one of the best yeah. ones one of my favorites because i actually had, <laughs> had to do real push-ups <laughs> to do those and i was like god you know it was really dude i i beat the crap out of my fucking body in that yeah. you know that movie because i like the horse wouldn't pull me so i had to like drag myself on my own heels and i was not as you could tell from the shape i was in uh, <laughs> i, was I lost a lot of money on the horse though you should have because i was <laughs> going to win my friend uh but yeah that film was that was that was a that was a lot of fun i remember after this rehearsal i go outside to smoke a cigarette and Ackroyd bums a cigarette from me Oh, that's cool. He has Asperger's, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like he's uh, very socially awkward. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because I'm socially awkward, but I'm, I've never had been diagnosed. So, <laughs> but yeah. uh, he, I just was starstruck. I mean, look, dude, it's like, I'm from Kansas. You know, I grew up watching these guys, you know, every comedy hero was, I mean, you know. Phil Hartman I, was in it too. Thank Ooh, God. Hartman. Yeah. Because luckily, all my friends, the only person they kind of wanted to meet was Phil Hartman, and he's the easiest. Like, like Steve Martin's very quiet. Yeah. Like, which is terrible for me to be around because I will just, as you can tell, I will talk like a motherfucker. <laughs> right. And if you don't have anything to say with me, it, it could, you know, I make Chris Farley from the Chris Farley show look like a brilliant, intelligent <laughs> intellect. And, you know, he's Steve, like Steve's a very quiet, you know, smart guy so a lot of awkward moments but phil hartman all you had to do is say hey phil how you doing an hour and a half later he's yeah. <laughs> i mean he just likes and he was fucking really cool man that was a i mean i get sad thinking like that was way too fucking short dude oh yeah, yeah. you know and just what a just what a fucking awesome awesome duty was you know just that's a that's another thing just when things are cut short, you're like, God, what could have, you know, it would have been kind of cool what he would have been doing. Like, I mean, you know, Norm was a big, you know, was insanely sad, but like, you think of like, what, what would Greg Giraldo be doing now? 
Oh yeah, that's true. Because he was on. He Ooh. didn't even like he. His last year was his superstar year. You know what I mean? And like he oh. could have just been. Or Mitch Hedberg, you know. Mitch like, Hedberg's another one. Oh, well, here's what's so crazy about like I'll tell you how good I think Greg Giraldo is. I don't know if you've ever, you when um, you know the rule about putting together like a a, a TV stand up show. You put uh, your strongest act up first. Right. Yeah. Like a pilot. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't want you don't want you don't want to, you. That's the point. You you want to make sure the audience is there. Yeah. And Greg always kicked off the roast. Yeah. Like you give a lot of profit. To, I mean, Jeff Ross is a badass. He's amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. But just what great. I mean, Girl, like consistently. Oof. I remember. I remember because uh, he said Jeff Ross. And uh, I do have one last question. So I want to respect you. Your can time. ask as many. Cool? Um, I'm, I'm cool. I'm all yours. Oh, okay. So I remember uh, uh, I was writing for the Norm show. Norm interviewed Jack Carter. And. Uh, and i and uh i was like norm ask him what he what he thinks of jeff ross because jack carter back in the day he was known for the roasting type of thing so norm was like so jack what do you think of jeff ross (laughs) and jeff ross on camera i mean not jack carter on camera says yeah he's a punk He's like, oh my god! He's like, he's nobody. I mean, he's a nice guy, but I mean, (laughs) you know, it's it's like he's it's one of those guys that I gotta say, a lot of the older comics, like of that generation, can be a little salty (laughs) (laughs) because they Norman Adam Egan were just like, yeah, we agree. I don't think Jeff Ross ever saw the episode, but like uh, Norm wouldn't care, but I think Adam would care because, you know, Adam was, at the time was the comedy store guy. So yeah. now they still, well, I mean, are you still close with Adam or? No, I think when he moved to Texas and the pandemic happened, I mean, I, I never really was close with Adam. Yeah. But I, I mean, I was friendly with him. You know what I mean? Because like, him uh, and Norm worked together a lot, though, right? They kind of, yeah. Were, he was like his kind of his producing partner, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, a, he, yeah. Adam was Alan Lee on Norm's show. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, so, mm-hmm. but, um, but no, I, I have one more story uh, about, about the little rascals is my first acting teacher was a guy named Bug Hall who was, yeah, the, yeah he was the star of it. Was he, so, he wasn't supposed to see Alfalfa? He was Alfalfa. Yeah. That's who I got to work with. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he did this movie with Lindsay Lohan. And I remember at the time, this is when like I had a huge crush on Lindsay Lohan. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember the name of the movie, but I, I, I he kissed her. Right. Because he's their love interest. And uh, I, I was like, I wasn't thrilled that this guy who's been in movies as my acting teacher. I was thrilled that this guy kissed Lindsay Lohan. So I asked him, I was like, is Lindsay Lohan a good kisser? And he's like, no. <laughs> that's not fair because maybe she didn't give her she didn't give her she was acting because like <laughs> oh yeah but i mean but you you but that's what i'm saying like you change the rule you know like she's a megastar make you know and he's acting you know what I mean? so like it didn't really matter that's what i'm saying but <laughs> but my last question for you is uh blade how did you film that because that that seemed like cgi but also seemed like it wasn't you know what i mean yeah um it was i want to say it was all practical effects really uh what they did is um you know i i i like did you did you actually go there or did you do the voiceover no i went there i actually had i had eight hours of makeup on my face wow and uh i remember uh the uh, only time I was ever late for a set was the first day of shooting of, the, or the first day I was called. They actually ended up not even using me that day. <laughs> so wow. it was, whew, I made it from a uh, North. I made it from um, basically Laurel Canyon or Col- um, Colfax and Moore mm-hmm. Park mm-hmm. to deep in the West Valley in 15 minutes. Wow. Because I got the phone call. I'm like, oh, shit. you know, and of course, when you know you're late for something big, I said whatever I said, shit, goddamn motherfucking goddamn fuck. 
I'll be there. Wesley whenever. Snipes called you? No, no. <laughs> oh, no, it was the AD. I was there before crew showed up. I mean, like right. in other words, they, I had to order breakfast. Like, what do you want to eat for breakfast? Because uh, <laughs> when you guys are coming in like five hours before anybody, you know, four hours for anyone else, she's and shows up. So I would, uh, you know, you hear those stories of people falling asleep in the chair because, you know, they're putting on some, and I would fall asleep in the wow. chair and I'd have these wicked, uh, like really cool dreams, like of being like hailstones. Mm-hmm. And what it was is that they were, you know, punching in the, you know, poking my head to make the makeup stick, you know, my head and stuff. And it was like eight hours a day. And then what, what I would do is I would have this big head, you know, my, my thing on, and then I would sit in a chair and it would lift me into the suit. And I had a guy, a puppeteer playing my left arm and a puppeteer playing my right arm. And they sat right at fart level uh, in the, in the suit. And it was, I guess the suit somewhere, like the big, mountain of whatever i was is still exists somewhere and uh that was uh yeah and and how they would film is literally i did most because they were so far behind schedule by the time they you know i ended up i booked it i think in uh i actually booked it in november of the whatever the year before they started shooting and then i got you know i got you know suited you know measured for the the makeup in like january and then I think I actually showed up to work in March. Wow. And um, so every day I would go in and I would be made up. And sometimes they'd only use me for like four minutes, you know, but when normally with all my stuff where that's on my, like the, the cameras on me, it was Wesley's double because they would ship him off to another location to make up work, you right. know? And, uh, I basically, I, you know, my voice, I was, I, I basically did a version of my mom's voice as the character's voice. And, and yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was a talk about hell. Cause they had, a, it was hot in that suit. Yeah. I imagine. And, and if I had to take a pee, I'd feel like an asshole because the, you know, they'd have to, cause they had, they had me had attached my neck to the suit. Once I was in this, you know, once I got up, then they'd have to attach, which, it was like to put me in the suit was like a, a half hour, 45 minutes at every pop to put me in the big suit. And then to take me out was like about a half hour. <laughs> so it was really like, Oh, talk about feeling like a prop. You're like there, but, but it was fun. I mean, I mean, got to be in a, I got to be in a, the first successful Marvel movie. Yeah. Are you so glad, you're welcome. are you glad that your character died? So you didn't have to do a sequel. Technically I did not die. Oh, you didn't. I didn't, I didn't evaporate. Oh, so you could still come back and, and I'm knocking on wood. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write, I'm going to direct message those guys and say, Hey, <laughs> you can't recognize me. I would love to get back into that suit. <laughs> I would in the dude now in retro. Cause I mean, it's funny. I've done like other, um, I've done a few other movies where I've had to wear that much kind of like makeup and prosthetics and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, on a big budget movie like that, it's not that's it's not so bad <laughs> it's not so bad <laughs> it doesn't suck well eric where can the folks at home find you and support you uh ericedwards.com is back and running all right but it's not that you know it's a facebook uh i think i'm um i mean you can find me on facebook i'm trying to uh, uh instagram it's eric edwards one or eric edwards the one i got and then i don't really tweet I mean, mm-hmm. I know I sometimes kind of got a link to stuff, but, you know, Instagram, you know, Eric, you know, Facebook, ericedwards.com, but um, that's where they can find me. And then hopefully I'll be doing more live stuff once the world, you know, once we get over this, uh, you know, Omicron kind of thing, you know. Well, let's let's do a show together, man. I would love to, dude. I yeah. mean, I, you know, I got to get my, you know, I got to get I back. I could open this, for you. Well, hold on. Uh, you might want to reverse that. I wish. Dude, what do you think? This is 1997. What do you, <laughs> what do you think? I would, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I had to put my career. I didn't have to, but my career, you know, I have a, I have a son that has a, a special need. So I had to kind of put a lot of things on hold. Cause I, you know, I can't yeah. leave, you know, like I got to work in LA. Oh, we, we could do LA. Oh, okay. dude. Yeah. Sam's different. I mean, it's, yeah. as you can tell, I'm a little low guy. Uh, I, uh, I'm his main caretaker. So I've been, he's been getting up at fucking four in the morning, the 
last five days i've had no sleep but uh yeah. um no dude i'd love to do a show with you awesome. i mean i can't wait i'm gonna that's one of my goals by the end of the year to start uh doing more infinitely more stand-up oh, yeah just because it's i mean and i dude alan i love the workout rooms yes thank you i yeah. love the workout rooms and let's be yeah. quite honest i mean to do the road unless you're doing stadiums or sure, sure. Or, or or big clubs you're basically it's not really like worth a, it yeah well yeah you're like a tri- you're like a traveling salesman with jokes yeah. you know um and and the money because you're a sag actor my friend the money you can make in la if you get a job infinitely more yeah you know and i don't know about you but like um i never wanted i never wanted to pay bills like in other words stand-up is i've always considered it like that's my art form sure i like to do it i like to do it the way i like to do it sometimes it's good sometimes it's not so good (laughs) you know but like acting is where I make all like, I don't care, you know, as long as I'm not, uh, you know, as long as I'm, you know, if you're paying me the right price, I will do almost anything in front of a camera, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's like, that finances like my life stuff, like doing play, yeah. like shows that I wrote or doing yeah. stand up, you know? And this is still the place. Uh, Absolutely. Um, and like I said, if you can become a great comic coming out of LA, you're a really fucking great comic. Well, I really like what you said earlier about that because you're working material in mostly in front of other comics, uh, percentage-wise, that that is a that's a that's a tough uh, you know that's a tough uh, blade to hone. Uh, yeah. In that you know in that environment. But here's the thing: is that you become more original. I think. Yes. No. You're. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely, and um, and also you get this spidey sense of when you know a joke's going to work in front of a real crowd. Like you, like it might not be your traditional set, That's right. you know, but you go, I got this new thing that I know is going to work right? because I've gotten enough chuckles or enough response That's right. from comics that I just know it's good. You get like a better spidey sense. And, um, and if it doesn't work, Jimmy Cricket pops up and says, told you. You mother, yeah, you always do your A material. Always, <laughs> how dare you? Well, here's the key is someone, um, my mentor, who was the best, who almost who who should have been that never was, uh, this cat Bill Torres, who took me on, I mean, took me under his wing when I was uh, when I first came to LA, and who it's crazy because like he had like a lot of street cred from the New York comics in the early, like, like, uh, Chris Rock loved him, saying like he was crazy crazy smart funny very original he's a he's a full-time teacher now but like you know he just he didn't enjoy doing stand-up mm-hmm. like that you got like if you're gonna do stand you gotta enjoy doing it just like right. if you're gonna be an actor you gotta walk you gotta have to do it you can't just go oh, I, I think i'll make a living do it you gotta have to do it you know what i'm saying yeah. uh he used to always like this is like um i don't know if you watched a lot of carlin um yeah well if you ever watched some of his um some of the last times he showed up on the tonight show with johnny carson Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he literally treated the carson show like it was a fucking open mic interesting there is a set where he goes no no go to the other cards because those jokes aren't working he (laughs) said that in the middle of a fucking carson set he did not give a fuck and that's what like norm norm treated like let like he started to treat it like it was a fucking workout room that's how fucking awesome go ahead even on Conan, I, I get you. I get what you're saying. He that's that's the balls you got to have when you know you're really good is when you treat TV performances with the same wow. reverence that's, as if it's a workout room. I have like this weird thing about Johnny Carson because like everyone loves him and everyone like you know wanted to get that thumbs up. But ever since I worked with a certain comic on tour, I kind of like lost 100% respect for him. And like, I have a joke that I say in my act. I was like, yeah, I lost my respect for Johnny Carson ever since he gave Barry Sobel a thumbs up. Oh, I like Barry. <laughs> oh. So, like, so, you know, it's just, uh, all right, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so. Well, you know, it, it's so weird because I, I got uh, my mother, my uh, mother-in-law, uh, we had, look, Carson was very lucky because he was the only game in town at the time. Yeah. 
And then Arsenio kind of took him down. Dude, yeah. Talk about ballsy Arsenio, man. He left on time. You know, he was, he left that show when it was successful. Uh Then he tried to bring it back like in 2013. (laughs) Well, again, I tell you, I had had one. um, They were, when they were rebooting um, uh, the new Star Search. he was going to be the host. So a buddy of mine called me up and said, Hey, do you mind doing like a run through with us? So we can kind of, you know, uh, just so we can kind of get a feel. So I, I showed up, I, I did my act and fucking Ben Stein, uh, decided Love to Ben be the, Stein. I do until, until he decided to be the Simon character. Right. You know, and wanted to, you know, look, there's no audience there. I'm doing a favor. <laughs> I'm basically just saying words out of my mouth. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a buddy to, Hey, we, we really appreciate if you did it. So Arsenio's going through the motions being very, very respectful and very, yes, he knows what I'm doing is, 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 you know, is a favor and fucking Ben Stein starts to fucking like critique my act. <laughs> and I go, I, and, and Arsenio goes, well, what do you think of, what do you think of what he said? I go, that motherfucker hasn't been funny since, since he wrote the checker speech. And <laughs> you jump in like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, good call. You know, like, wish I'd done the same thing. <laughs> you know, because nothing's worse is why are you deciding to shit on me? I'm doing a favor. And now you're going to, you, you, oh, suddenly I'm the, I'm the asshole. You're going to be a dick to fuck you, old man. You know, I don't want to win your money. I don't want to. Oh, it's, um, I can't remember. I worked on a show that someone actually was one of like the producers with the um, Ben Stein's money. And they said he would get really mad if he lost. He would, like, literally get really angry. <laughs> he got mad when I asked him to do this podcast. Well, then he should be honored to do this podcast, that motherfucker. I mean, that, I mean, I don't know what happened, but something happened uh, about four years ago where suddenly you go, really? This is this is the hill you decide to, to die on. You want to you're all doesn't right-wing. even look like Ben Stein anymore. But, you know, it, it, he was famous. I mean, well, we can all blame, you know, John Hughes for his uh, his fame because, he, you know, yeah. With uh, the it, it, there's a there's an interview about Nixon. There's a documentary about Nixon where like Ben Stein is in tears about how great Nixon was. <laughs> you have, like you know he was a fucking scumbag, right? <laughs> Did you? You know I. The nothing, only good thing about Nixon was John Cusack played him. Dude, and how fucking. Man, I wish I God, I wish I knew him. I would I would say, dude, you gotta do Keith's podcast. It would be it's really fun. I, also, I interviewed his sister, but I chickened oh, out asking her to hook dude, me you up. did the, you did the smart thing. You did the and smart I, thing. That's that's really, you know, it, it, was it Joan or the other sister? It was Anne. And his his brother also acts as well, right? Yeah, I'm gonna try and hit him up next. But he's I hear I, he's really nice. A buddy of mine did a, a buddy of mine, I think, produced a play with him in and said he was just a classy, you know, they're the fucking nice they're nice people, although he is John fucking Cusack, and I mean that in the best way. I mean you I'll, know, I'll get him. You if can you mark do enough my of words. his family, he'll go, they'll go, come on. Yeah. I did his podcast. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll I'll definitely get him. I just uh like it's one of those things where I know in my heart I will, I just don't know when. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Are you going to go after Matthew Modine soon? Oh, yeah. I've been trying to get him, too. Dude, I don't know if you ever watched a little movie called Vision Quest. No. you got to watch. Fluke, though. What? I saw Fluke, though. Well, Fluke is, I mean, he's great. But, like, his early work, like Birdie yeah. and uh, everyone, of course, in Full Metal Jack. But watch this movie called Vision Quest. He's fucking so good. And it's about a high school wrestler. Oh. And oh. it's, he is it's and it's got all these great he's the star and it's got all these like ronnie cox and all these great character actors are filling in the the background and it's i remember when cisco and ebert uh reviewed it they wanted to not like it yeah because you know it's kind of like karate kid rocky you know kind of the underdog thing and they said but it's so well executed and it's so good like like everyone you know uh, knocks it out of the park and fucking Matthew Modine is so good in that movie. That's yeah. my last question since you brought that up, if I can. Have you ever yeah. seen a movie so bad that it was good? No. Really? <laughs> I, I'm sure I've been in a few, but uh, <laughs> um, unfortunately, I'm not that guy that 
I know like camp, like people that like it's kind of campy. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm not that guy that has that taste for that. I would, I mean, it, I don't know. I'm not that guy. I mean, there's, I know I've liked movies that other people don't like, right. you know, or I like movies that I go, Oh, you know what? If they would have had money, this could have been really good. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we yeah. appreciate something in it, you know, especially now, you know, being in a few and having friends that are, you know, film, like, like there's this movie I did called Koreatown. Mm-hmm. I did for a friend of mine. Uh, this kid, Mike Callio, I think he's about ready to pop. He, he made a really good uh, horror film that's getting some really good, but it's called The Scout. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really good. That dude can make a movie. I mean, make a really good movie on no money. And I had just like met him and, you know, and he wanted me to be in this uh, movie uh, with, you know, he, he wrote a scene for me. And uh, you know, there's this guy, Kenneth Choi. He's like uh, the uh, Korean American actor that's been in like, you know, he's in Captain America, Spider-Man, uh, Homecoming, he played Judge Ito in the, uh, the OJ uh, crime story, you know, that uh-huh. they did the, the big yeah. one. Um, he's in the scene and this kid, like every, basically every good actor that he had met after starting to make this movie. <laughs> He was able to convince to be in this scene. Um, and then I watched, I go watch the premiere. And if he would have met me like a couple months earlier, I could have turned him on to some like really good actors that would have worked for free. Right. But like, like you watch the movie. What? <laughs> like, like Keith Yeah. And, and Keith Razor and Alan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I like, I watched this movie and I go, the script's there. Right. He's a fucking real, I mean, like, he made um, a mini uh, mini uh, video, not not the high digital stuff, but he made it look as close to film at that point that I'd ever seen. And I go, he if he would have had a budget to either hire, you know, quality, you know, get casting, hire great, or knew met someone like me who could have turned him on to some really good actors because uh-huh. the script was good. I go, there is a good movie here. Just unfortunately, you know, he's got some bad actors in there. You know that I can I can appreciate that, but like a movie that's so bad that it's good. Name me one. What, what's can, on your list? I can name you two. Okay. Uh, Zoolander. See, I think Zoolander's a good movie, though. It, it, good it movie. is. No, the first time you see Zoolander, it's terrible. And then you see it again, and you're like, this is so good. Like, it, it, like you have to think back the first time you watch it. Though. And I loved it. I remember in the I theater, I, but really? I was high though. I was very high when I saw the movie. And I, okay. I mean, I just quoted it the other day. It's yeah. a walk off. Yeah, put a what is it? Put a sock in it, Zane. It's a walk off. I do, uh, dude. <laughs> we gotta get Billy Zane dude, on Razor Rest. Dude, he'll do it. Uh, but Zoolander. See, I big. I don't think Zoolander's a bad movie. Zoolander. Oh. I mean, they made a sequel. The sequel yeah. might not be that good. Uh, well, I, I still one? think with Zoolander, and the second one is Weekend at Bernie's. The first time you watch it, terrible. Then you watch it again, it's nonstop funny. Oh, dude, see Keith, I loved the first Weekend at Bernie's. I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. But I loved it in the movie theater. That scene where the they're dragging their water ski with him, and ding, ding, <laughs> I mean, it's like the it's like a Three Stooges movie, but with uh, Brat Packers. You yeah. know, <laughs> the, the best part in that movie is is during that ski thing. And then Andrew McCarthy picks it up and he drops and he's like, son of a bitch. And Jonathan <laughs> Silverman's like, what? He's like, he lost my sunglasses. <laughs> Dude, it's a, it, see, I got, I see, to me, those aren't so bad. They're, they're, oh, I love those two movies. I love uh, them. They're like, I mean, some people would say guilty pleasures, but I just think they're good. Yeah. You know? I think they're, like, I don't think they're great. Good. I think they're great because oh, they're, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? But the but first see, time you watch it, it's pretty bad. And then when you watch it again, you're like, oh, my God, this is genius. Well, see, I'm, I I see. I would have thought it's see, you also got to understand, like they weren't trying to make the Godfather. That's right. Yeah. You know, like, you, you could also look at it on a reverse. Like if you see the hangover, the first time I saw hangover, I thought it was great. But then the more I watch it, I think eh, it's just OK. Oh, see, it's interesting because I've only seen it. I've only seen it once. I think maybe once or twice, once yeah. all the way through. Yeah. And then, like, you know, I picked it up when it's on. Well, it's interesting because, like, when we you and you go to see the sequels, like, you go. It's the same story. But here's the. But yes. So if the sequel would have been preceded the pre, like, in other words, if it would have came first, you go, oh, this is the funnier one. Right. But because the first one, you know, and, you know, uh, see, yeah, I mean, I, I, I there's a they used to be a running joke with me that a movie's got to be really bad for me not to like it. Right. 
in that movie, Mickey Blue Eyes. Really? I walked out, and people were like, you walked out? You walked out? I would go, they must be terrible, because I would always say something good about, like, a movie, you know? Right. Uh, but uh, we, I, we brought that movie up last week with John, and John was like, I was in it. And I was, Oh, that's thinking, right. Was he Mickey Blue Eyes? Oh. I don't know, but I remember I must have walked out because I don't remember seeing it. Dude, I, could, I couldn't get I don't I love Hugh Grant. I, I, at the time, I loved Hugh Grant as well, that fucking stuttering little Englishman. I loved him, <laughs> you know? Uh, but I, I walked out of that movie, but he's yeah. redeemed himself since, you know? You know, yeah, love actually, especially with the prostitutes and <laughs> that. You know, that's so funny. He got like a standing ovation. I talk. I used to mention going to see a prostitute. It would be like silence for like fifteen seconds to like explain, like, uh, "Hey, you know, <laughs> if that look, I am definitely in need of a pro, uh, you know, a person <laughs> be in need of a prostitute. Uh, shun, you know, you grant it helped his career. Absolutely, <laughs> me. I'm like shunned, shunned on them. <laughs> I went to a legal brothel too in 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 Nevada. I was being a good consumer. You know, <laughs> my shit was taxed. You know, you know. And he had Elizabeth Hurley. That was the funniest thing. Uh, like, exactly. Like, you know, that's another. I, I thought about her the other day. Like, I, oh, mean, yeah. I mean, she's probably held up quite nice. But I was like, fuck, that's gotta, that's gotta be really jacked up. To be yeah. like that hot and go, my man just publicly embarrassed the fuck out of me. <laughs> That's why I'm doing this Mike Myers movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, I mean, Keith, I can go on forever. I mean, I, I like. Uh, we um, want you back. I would. I, I'll come back in a second. Dude, and also when the world gets a little more settled down, I'd love to, you know. Uh, you know, do we do a gig together? At least meet meet up at a hook, uh, you know, at a, a workout room, and you know, be great. bust yeah, some heads, great. you know. Yeah, talk about bad movies. Talk about bad movies, and, and uh, but dude, keep on. Like I said, I really liked what you're going. I like what you're going for. Right. Uh, you know, and just let's let's take a big lesson from Norm. Let's treat every room like like it's a workout room. Yes. Yeah, like fucking have fun. You yes. know, not be afraid to, you know, another cool thing. I'm like, one thing about the podcasts, just in general, that when you listen to a lot this of- This is probably going to be a two-parter. Uh, yeah, dude, I like to talk, man. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, also, I we were, also, we were, also, we were in shutdown for so long. You're like some of the only <laughs> yeah, human contact I had. My poor wife, thank God. She's like, please do the podcast, please. You know? <laughs> if I have to hear another story, oh, my, fa- my parents, uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, sure. so- uh, uh, where where was I going before we think about the podcast? You're gonna. Oh, we're talking you, about bad podcasts, movies. like you know, all these, like like uh, Aziz Asari, and like when you hear great comics when they after they just blew an hour on a special, they go, yeah, I got to go back and bomb again, yeah. and like it never ends. You know what I'm saying? That's like the like you're gonna if you're not sucking occasionally, you're not working hard. Yeah, you know, I, and that's. I agree. I mean, my I filmed my first hour special two years ago and i'm very proud of that like i think it's the best thing i've ever done and i'm working on my and i'm working on my new hour and i i don't feel it's as good as that well i I don't know if i can make it better but i i i'm trying with the circumstances but hopefully my mind will change where i love it like that yeah i don't yet you know Well, well here in theory what you think about and that's why like um you know why George Carlin is technically the king of stand-ups because mm-hmm. he only had like one one mediocre special mm-hmm. out of all those specials. But if you think about it, your first special, is probably going to be your best because it took you the longest to write it. Right. So it's more honed. And then when you like um, Eric, I don't know if you uh, you guys fans of Eric Griffin. Yeah. He's yeah. you know I've known him for years, but. He name checked me on on, on uh, Mark's on Mark's podcast, which was very cute. Uh, but his first special was really really good. But then he did a second special, like like almost less than a year, and I thought it was just not. They're they're both great, but just he looked like he was more re- like just having a little bit more fun in that second special. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I called him after I said, I said, dude, your first special was great, but this second special might even be better. And do you know how hard, and he, I go, do you know how hard, how hard it is 
in that short a time to produce better material. You know, that's why Dave Chappelle's fucking sick. It's crazy. Right. It's to be able to do, to write that fast to be that good. That's 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 some big balls right there. You know. See, so, I think I think Norm was the best comedian, even better than than Carlin because he had so much material. He was working on multiple specials, but he wanted to do a one whole clean special. He said, I really wanted to, I want to surprise the world because after Hitler's dog, which was kind of dark, he wanted to go 100%, 100% clean. And he's like, and he he said, that would really be the best special because everyone's expecting it to be dark and stuff. So I'm I'm sad that he couldn't live that because that's what he was really working for. Uh, Yeah. Well, it's interesting when you when like that would have been cool. Yeah, it's so funny because I like my comedians dark though. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, see, that's that's another thing I like about like LA based comics. They generally got an edge. No, Jezel Nick is dark. I like Jezel. Dude, yeah, he's pretty fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty fuck. I mean, he's fun. To, like to be to have like I'm I'm not gonna be a likable guy. Yeah. But yet you like the guy. Yeah. That's 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 crazy talent. I mean, that's a that's that's tough. You know, like like even Doug Stanhope, who's really dark, he he's kind of a lovable guy. You know what I'm saying? Like you you know, I've heard he's the nicest guy too. I've heard nothing. I mean, I know people that known him for years and you know, like I I've never met the guy, but I know people that have worked with him. Uh they adore him. He's who is it? Joey (laughs) Joey Diaz calls him dirty white boy. Uh that's what back in the day we go. Yeah, Dirty White Boy's going up soon, and uh, and he is. But uh, he, he his persona, even though he's like you know a little, little jaded and and and, and uh, cynical, but you still look at him, and you kind of like him. Yeah, I mean, like Anthony is literally I'm a good looking dick. Yeah, <laughs> and now I'm gonna say some really fucked up shit, but well, you're gonna see, still laugh. Well, see, with my with my Aspergers, I'm very good at like writing for comics who I know. And I don't know Anthony. I've only met him once, but I wrote with Norm every single day for eight years. <sighs> really? So like, yeah. So like I, 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 I've written jokes for Anthony Jeselnik, which I'm too scared to say because I, I don't want to like get in trouble or whatever. But I know they're perfect for Anthony Jeselnik. You know what I mean? Well, one day you will meet him and say, I got some jokes. And he'll probably say, I did okay. meet him. And I tried, <laughs> I, I tried to throw it to him, but like I, I chickened out, you know, dude, you know, uh, have you, have you kept a journal about like, I mean, nothing for nothing, but that's a pretty cool, great yeah. friendship you got with, I mean, that's a fucking, that's a, that's a love story right there. I mean, I mean, in the, the best of ways is with that Anthony I mean, Jeselnik? No, you and Norm. That's such <laughs> oh. a really, that's a really that's a really cool story i mean uh, you know yeah. whether you want to tell her or not but that's a really that's pretty fucking sweet you yeah. know that's uh, no wonder why it's interesting because i know you'd still when it's still a little heavy on your heart and it should be it's 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 easier to to talk about like it helps me get over it because like it just reminds me of the good you gotta keep in mind it wasn't all fucking roses it's a a real love story there are some uh there are some horror stories there but uh you know like it's it's not you know the the good always outweigh the bad and i think i like i got i got them tattooed on me i don't know if i could that's like right here nice i'll show you a picture but it's like a microphone that says old chunk of coal because that's what he always was you know so, and uh yeah so like i was thinking you know i was thinking like there has to be a point in my career where i have to move on from it but also Absolutely. but also he's such a big part of me like my humor is also influenced by him too so it's like very hard to you know when you tour with someone for that long if i'm being real honest with myself as an artist i probably should have said hey let's just do this for a year and let me move on but I didn't. I stayed. You know what I mean? I would have, dude. I mean, first of all, you wouldn't be where you're at now if that didn't happen. And two, if you're going to be influenced by somebody, that's not a bad for a person to be influenced by. Yeah. Well, it's only you because Andy saying? Dick was taken. 
you know, and everyone has an Andy Dick story. <laughs> What's your Andy Dick story? Well, uh, I will tell you, I did this play. I did this show called the way called, uh, the wait is over, uh, that, uh, if you were to see, it was basically how uh, a show about me losing, kind of losing the, losing the weight, you uh-huh. know? Uh, and, um, this, uh, guy, Scott Hayes, uh, up and coming, he's, you know, somewhat of a famous actor right now, uh, he wanted to produce at his uh, theater called the Sherry theater. And he's really good friends with Andy Dick. So one day he comes to, he brings Andy Dick to come watch the show. And the show is basically about addiction, right? but my addiction was food in, 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 um, unequated love, I guess it sort of was my kind of my, my flaws and stuff. And it, dude, it's this show. I mean, one thing I was very good at was, uh, um having them laugh and then have the audience cry and i mean dude i can bring pathos like a motherfucker i'm like really i'm I'm very manipulative you know the the zucker brothers are like hey yo you know we need ghosts but you need to take it down a notch dude come on (laughs) this is mean um and i shit you not what i'm like because the the way the show ends like i go through this whole like thing and like literally there's not a dry eye at the end of the show like people want to call like someone they hadn't talked to it's really very manipulative it's actually on the website you could probably watch it if you want but uh eric edwards.com yeah and uh he he uh it hit him because i talk about chris farley a little bit you know and phil hartman then also there's a picture there's a video clip that i think phil uh, phil hartman's in it you know in the video clip you know, of some of the work I did. And literally it sent Annie, I think he walked out and went to the, a bar next door and got drunk and came back. Yeah. He, was, <laughs> he got hammered. He was real emotional. And I think he was in recovery at the time. Wow. <laughs> and, well, I, uh, I do know he was very close with Phil and he got accused to killing him or whatever. Cause he, he gave the, his wife. Supposedly. Drunk. Yeah. Supposedly he might've given what's your name? Some, uh, the, some of the Coke or whatever. I don't know. You know, yeah i don't know if, i know that, that john john levitt's like i think punched him out or something like that yeah, yeah. but i and like my dealings with andy dick was you know he was like gave me his number you know we were maybe texting a couple times but then, he, then of course he forgot about me like three years later you know yeah. but you know like i said he could have easily been drunk after <laughs> my show but i have him on tape saying how it was such a great show he's like he's like i'm crying <laughs> he was crying in the like i i used to after my show i'd have someone with a camera going what'd you think of the show and people would be saying oh, it's amazing and all this and they would be quoting you know stuff from the show and it's a it's pretty manipulative you know i have this weird theory about andy dick because i've known andy forever because he was on my uncle's or my uncle was on his sitcom as a guest star and they did a couple movies together but i think andy like comic wise if he wasn't how do I say this? If he wasn't drunk and he wasn't on No, drugs, you're right. He He's his own he, worst enemy. He's insanely yeah. talented, especially yeah. with physical comedy. But I think, I think though, that, that, though, that those stuff, it like makes Andy, Andy, because if he was completely sober, he probably wouldn't be much of a genius like that. Isn't that the rub? Yeah. That is the rub with like all like, and I mean like, that in, as a compliment, if he listens to it, I'm not saying Andy. Yeah, no, no, no. It's like, you know, part of what made him part of his genius is his tortured soul yeah i mean you look at especially when he first busted out like when he first like when he was on um ben Stiller's show that dude's i mean his physical comedy is fearless man and i there's this obscure short film it's it's a yeah it's like a 45 minute short called eating las vegas yeah um, starring my buddy Brad Grunberg. Uh, but he it's basically almost a line for line <laughs> ripoff of leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. But instead of alcohol, they're talking about food addiction. <laughs> I mean, like it it they're literally not changing a a, a single line of dialogue. But it just works. You got to watch it. And Andy Dick has this just one scene. He's like the, um, uh, fuck, what's his name? The Richard Lewis character, where you know, like, okay, this is the last. This is the last time I give you. I don't know if you ever saw Leaving Las Vegas, but it's like, yeah. um, 
uh, Richard Lewis has this like confrontation with Nicolas Cage where he basically, okay, our friendship is over after this. You know, you've pushed me to the point where I got to cut you off. And Andy Dick is that version, but with food in this guy, it's really good. And his commitment is, I mean, he's, it's like, he's so, well, you know what? He, you're right. I don't know if he would be Andy Dick if it wasn't for the, the torturedness, you know? Yeah. And but people don't, I don't think see that, that side of humor because now they think, oh, he's weird. You know, he's just Andy. Yeah, he's actually like I said, he's, he's a really he's a yeah. really nice guy. He was always the, the few exchanges I had him was really nice, you know what I'm saying? You know, it just like uh he's one of those tor- everyone's got an Andy Dick story, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Alan and I have a, a whole book of Andy Dick stories. Now, what is what's your what's your uh, uncle's name? Uh Pat Warburton. Yeah, he's a pretty big guy. Yeah, he's done a, he's done some stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> He's got a good but, voice, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, did he do a little show called Seinfeld? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's David nice. Bush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> David Bush. Uh... I'm actually I'm actually going to uh, his golf tournament this Saturday. Has he done your podcast? Yeah. Okay. Good. But, but uh, <laughs> but uh, so I'm going to try and get like all the celebrities to do the podcast. Like I'm not going to volunteer or whatever. I don't really care about the children. He thinks I'm gonna caddy. Little, the little. Hopefully, he. Hopefully, this won't be on the air, so he won't know. He won't know my evil plan. Well, it's a two-parter, so the, the second part is not coming out till after the trial. <laughs> oh, dude, I could just see you. You're like, but dude, you're like, how can someone say no to you, dude? I don't know if he, you read his. People say his, no to me all the time, but well, I, I know I, I could tell from your Facebook posts <laughs> but i i still i still uh i still you like coming? you know what it is is i think okay here's what i think and and like i know we gotta wrap this up but like say this is not like a talk show where there's money involved and everyone and their mother has a podcast so they get all these requests right yeah however i don't think they do get all these requests like they say they do. i think that it's a it's like baseball it's a batting average you know you could if you nail 20 percent of the emails and you get a yes you're considered great yeah yeah absolutely you know what no, I mean? absolutely so i get yeah. rejected 80 percent of the time but i keep on hitting but so, did you get some big you've had, i mean you've yeah. had really big comics on here yeah like eric edwards and, <laughs> and john deresta yeah <laughs> have you so, had dante on yet yeah i did yeah <laughs> but um but what that's what i'm saying we're like i like even in my humor, like not to be a dick, but I have, I have severe confidence. Like I'm very, I, I feel so confident that I could follow anybody. I could follow Chappelle. I feel that's a that great, confidence. that's a great, uh, that's, that's the mindset, dude. That honestly, yeah. that's, now, that's will it be mindset. good. I don't know, but I truly feel my podcast, even Alan's podcast. <laughs> I feel we're, if they say no, we're actually rejecting them. Oh, I like that. Do talk about switch. Talk about flipping the, as they say, the kids say flipping the script. Is that what they say? Or, yeah. Or, or so flipping the Nick paradigm? Cage, when Nick paradigm. Cage hits me up, I think I'll say, You had your chance four years ago, pal, but, but we you could said squeeze no. in. <laughs> and he was like, What are you talking about? <laughs> we well, could squeeze it in on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm sure Eric Roberts would do your podcast. Yeah, we got to get Eric Roberts. Do you know Eric Roberts? No, but I hear he's like, I mean, and I say this in the in in the best of ways. His his old, I mean, at least that's what he said on like celebrity, you know, rehab and shit. Is that he just wants to be busy? If he's busy, if he's busy, he doesn't do bad things. No, that's good to hear. You know, and I mean, like he literally will do any film for cue cards and being fed. And I mean, not you know, he's not a you know, if you don't think he's still fucking Eric Roberts, you haven't been watching Righteous Gemstones. Right. Because he's still fucking Eric Roberts. I mean, he, I mean, he is a legend. I mean, he's, pound. I think pound for pound, one of the best actors that still exist and will do, I mean, he'll, I mean, there's a good shot. He'll do it. Just say, well, we'll, we'll Uber, you some, we'll Uber, uh, we'll Uber eat you some food from wherever <laughs> you want to be at, but I would love to you talk to you. You could do it on Zoom. 
Uh, we would love to hear your Andy Dick stories. I'm sure he's got one. Oh, but, he's got uh, a thousand of them. Maybe. Did you see this movie called uh, Guide to Recognizing Your Saints? No. It's um, the director ended up like, doing like some crazy like big films, but it was a small film. It was like an indie that he, it was like a Shia LaBeouf. It was Shia LaBeouf, Channing Tatum, Robert Downey Jr. was in it. But Eric Roberts steals the entire movie mm-hmm. and he is only on camera for like 35 seconds. Wow. I mean, it's, you're like, Oh fuck. That's right. You, you are, I mean, you were nominated for an Oscar, like your second film. Yeah. And you know, and then, yeah, he's, I mean, I, like I said, I, I would, I wish I knew him. I would say yeah. how to do this guy, you know, but I mean, I, I wish you knew John Cusack instead. I wish I knew John Cusack. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I would be like, Eric, you're cool and all, but. Uh, dude, no, look, he's, like I said, he's John fucking Cusack, you yeah. know? That, my my, my stand up special is actually. Uh, dedicated? No, it, it's. Um, <laughs> fuck, I don't know where. I was going to show you a picture, but uh, it's. I'll send it to you on Facebook, but it's like uh, me holding the stereo. Okay. Except, but it's in the Lion King because I talk about the Lion King a lot. I think you'll dig it. I gotta watch. I'll I'll, I'll try to watch your special this week, just because. Uh, well, you know, you're a nice kid and you're fun. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, I just want to show you the 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 album picture. I think you'll like it. So, where'd you tape that at? The Rec Room in Huntington Beach. That's like your regular kind of gig, right? That's my only gig. <laughs> <laughs> they're the only club who thinks i'm funny well at least you got one <laughs> yeah. until, they, until john lovitz comes then my spot will be taken right? son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> have you have you have you seen him do stand-up lately see how's his stand-up game because i mean he was an amazing oh. sketch sketch comic oh well his stand-up gang is uh, pretty pretty close to terrible but um <laughs> you know uh, no, I know. I mean, like, look, stand a bit. Look, every, every, everyone and I have a it. weird John Lovett story. You want to hear listen. it? Yeah. Uh, it's a turn so, We're in for a penny and for a pound. I've already, I've already been, I can't go to acting class at this point. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have, we have five minutes to kill for part two. So, um, oh, geez, so I, talk. I did a, no, it's actually awesome because I don't have a guest next week. So, <laughs> uh, I did this. I headlined this comedy club in Temecula on a Thursday, and Lovitz was there on a Wednesday. And I guess he forgot his wallet, right? Okay. So the comedy owner says, Hey, uh, I know you're a big Lovitz fan because at the time I was. Uh, he's like, Would you like to return his wallet to where he lives and maybe ask him to do a podcast? And I was like, Oh, first of all, if you look at the story now, that comedy club owner should get fucking thrown in jail. You know what I mean? Because I could be like a stalker. Yeah. 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 I mean, if he knew what I'm doing to John Cusack. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, yes, I would love to. So Alan and I drive all the way to the Beverly Hills hotel because that's where he lives. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he has like, Alan, I don't remember how much money was in it. Like, Five thousand, ten thousand. It was a lot of money. It was a big sum. It might have been five thousand. So, and there, there's, there's like, I've never seen a Grover Cleveland on a dollar bill. You know what I mean? So, uh, we go to the Beverly Hills Hotel, and I'm thinking, hey, we're gonna meet John Lovitz. We're gonna get him on the podcast, our first big guest, because at the time, yeah, biggest guest was Rosie Tran. So oh, Rosie, oh, I love oh. Rosie. But, I love Rosie. Yeah. yeah, not an insult, but it's the truth. So yeah. uh, we're waiting like three hours and then security comes and I'm like, oh, yeah, we're here to give John Lovitz his wallet. And they, they thought like we were holding it hostage or something. And like, how do I know security is going to give it? You know, like this is my Asperger's thinking. Like, they're not real security people. I have the wallet. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. this whole weird situation. And so eventually we gave up the wallet. And I tweeted Lovitz. I was like, hey, I'm the one who returned your 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 wallet. And he blocked me on Twitter. <sighs> so I'm thinking, Alan and I could have just taken the wallet, go to a strip club, buy the 
hooker Hugh Grant got. And uh, yes, you know, well, you could have done better with that money. I mean, no yeah. offense to her, she's a very lovely lady, but you know, at at you know the time frame we're talking, you could have got a younger version. You know, so that, that, <laughs> so that John Lovett's experience really turned me off on him. Now. If he hit me up out of the blue and said he wants to do it, absolutely. But and then at the end of the podcast, you tell the story to him. And, but I have a very similar story with E.G. Daly. Oh, hear it. Let's hear okay, it. I was a PA on when I first came to town. I was a, a runner slash PA for Klasky uh, Chupa, the people who did the Rugrats. Okay. And they said, hey, we need you to deliver scripts, you know, like go to the actors, you know, and choose one of the actresses. So I go to deliver the script. I go to the address. I punch her, you know, the, the, her apartment number, whatever it was. And you know how the outdoor, when you punch that number, it connects to the phone, right? Uh-huh. You know, that's how they, and then they, you know, uh, and I go, Hey, I have your script here. Um, I don't know where I should leave it. Um, I'll probably take it with me, call, you know, whatever. So then I get, I get, um, you know, I do my runs or whatever. I go back to work and they go, uh, we got a call from EG Daily saying you're calling her personal line. Uh, I'm like, what? I'm like, what? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Why are you calling the actress on her personal line? I'm like going, wait a second. You mean when I rang her up from the outside door to let her know that she had a script? Well, she was very upset. Go, well, yeah, hold on. I do you know how these things work? I'm like, I was like, that fucking bitch almost got me fired, right, for, for doing my job. But I was like, and then of course, cut to ten, you know, years later, I actually we're uh, friends. <laughs> well, not I'm not friends. Actually, I have worked with her since, but yeah. uh, on Rugrats of all things. But um, she, uh, I actually uh, ended up t- attending the acting school. Where she ended up go- like was part of whatever, and her ex boyfriend. Uh, said, well, you don't understand. She she was being stalked at that time, right? So she was like a little like, but once again, you know how your you know how the front door. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That the sound was from outside. I'm out here with your script, <laughs> you know. But it was like it's like what I was doing my job. Just like you were returning a wallet with five thousand dollars in it. Yeah, I think it was more. But yeah, it was. Yeah, but still, but there, like you were. You there was were a lot a, of money in it. Let's put it that way. You were doing a favor for the club owner, and now yeah. the club owner was smart. He said, "Yeah, I'm sending up this kid, Keith and Allen, to drop your wallet." They should. He should have said, "I'm sending them to drop the wallet off." Obviously, he must not have made that phone call. <laughs> no, he didn't. But he shouldn't have done that either. He should have called his agent and say, "Listen, where's yeah. an address I could personally yeah, send it to?" Weird. It was weird. It was like that was just weird, and like. Did we go through the wallet? Yeah, but we didn't like take anything. We just we were like, "Holy lord!" It's like John Lovett's wallet. We couldn't even. We couldn't even like close it. Yeah, like <laughs> dude, that's but, a that's a. We got to go for hour three. No, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I I do have work early in the morning, so we do got to wrap it up. I got work. Right. Oh, dude, I would hours. love to talk to you again. I mean, there's this, this uh because uh you honestly, Keith, you fascinate me in all the best ways. Oh, sweet. Because you're very, you just like your, uh, well, like I said, your, your act is, you, I, you're going to be, uh, I think you're going to do all right, kid. I think oh. you're going to do all right. So remember me so I can open for you. Of course. Uh, we can do the reverse Alan Stevens, uh, Ro- uh, Ro- Roseanne Barr thing. Where, oh, oh <laughs> yeah. When she, she, when she passed him, he started opening for her. Alan, Alan Steven, man, we got. You want to hear an Alan Stevens story? Well, <laughs> I've got a couple, but like I have big respect. For, I mean, dude, that we one, love Alan Stevens. He's one of the. I mean, he's one of the. Uh, I I call the fathers of the modern style of stand up. Yeah, where it's he'll throw do an impression. That's right. He'll do a sound effect. He'll do a one. I mean, he store. He's fuck. He's great to watch. I mean, I love watching him live. Yeah. Ooh, he can. He is just so good. But what's so, your own, is it quick, Alan Stevens story, or should we do it another time? Uh, we can make it quick. So okay. we did a podcast with Alan Steven. It was called A Comics Life. Okay. And uh, this is at the time where uh, stealing jokes became a thing because Tony Hinchcliffe, I was in the press a lot because Tony Hinchcliffe took a bit of norms and norm kind of like 
tweeted like he's gonna and i defended isn't tony one of joe's boys yeah so like that would joe have a problem with people stealing jokes yeah but joe didn't defend norm on this he he chose tony and i you know norm's my boy so like and i have had a personal issue with tony at the time so like we do this podcast and alan stevens is the guest and alan tells a story about joe thieves and stuff and he says like uh that a guy i don't remember who stole his joke but a guy came in with a gun and said listen if you stole my gun and want my joke one more time i'm gonna shoot you and then uh alan said well uh then the joke wouldn't be funny Dude, Alan yeah. Steve. Oh, I fucking dude. He, that dude has been so nice to me over the years. Just and I've you know, I've only met him like you know, like for him to be as nice as he was to me, I'm like, yeah. that's a, what a good dude, you know. And talk about, I mean, he's got he's. Got, I don't know if that story's true, but I'm sure it, it is a good joke. Or it's or it's yeah, or it's a story. Yeah, it's probably a good joke. Uh, the best is when he told the story about like uh when Missy went up to fire Polly from vegas and uh, he goes he goes why is my mom walking up so angry goes, that ain't your mom that's the cunt who owns this sto- that's the cunt who owns this comedy club <laughs> i was like oh my god that is and fucking alan stevens he's he's so badass that he literally does not give a fuck he can say yeah. and also i think he could probably i think he's probably been in a few fisticuffs himself so like yeah. he's got a little bit he's got like a little bit of that like hey i I'm not afraid to I'm not afraid to to go down fighting, which I respect. Well, he also has Roseanne Barr in him, too, because he's so close with her. You know what I mean? So he's always been the man behind the person like he was real tight with Sam. Yeah. And then with Roseanne, I mean, and I think a lot of it, like I think Roseanne used to actually open for him. And then they switched. Then she became Roseanne, you know, and. Like he's one of those few guys that like he would go into the improv and Bud would hug him, and then he would go into the comedy store and Mitzi would hug. And this is back when they were kind of feuding the store right. in, the, in the improv. And he's he's and then Mitzi of, said, "You smell like Bud. <laughs> <laughs> you smell uh, you smell like the improv." <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric, I love you very much. This was uh, great too, talking dude. with it's been you, a man. Blast. And uh, we'll, we'll do it again in a couple months, man. Absolutely, absolutely. And Alan, nice meeting you, my friend. Great meeting you, and I can't wait to go into one of those rooms and just do my utter best. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, man. Keith, t- take care, brother. All right. Uh, all right. Bye, Eric. Bye, bye. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee. Right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there www.stereo.com slash Keith Reza and on Cameo www.cameo.com slash Keith Reza If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it and we'll rift with you again soon.